Don Williams for you this afternoon. I'm Rob Port here on WDAY. This is the Rob Report, which you can, of course, catch right here, 1 to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday. We also have a podcast. If you go to sayanythingblog.com, find the Rob Report link. You can subscribe to the podcast. It's quick, easy, good way to keep up with the show. This music's so cool. I I, I, I don't know if you like this type of music to teal. I, I just, I, I love it. I thought that, it was uh, quite pleasant. It's, 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 some of this music's just timeless. People look down their nose at country music, and I, listen, I, I get it. The, the dreck that they're putting out today, uh, for the most part, is, is god awful. But if you roll the clock back a little bit, there's a lot of good stuff. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about Sunday closing. It failed in the Senate yesterday. Uh, there had been rumors that the Senate was going to reconsider it today uh, in the uh, dur- during their floor session. That, now, that's a reconsideration is essentially where a lawmaker can call for another vote on a bill that's already been voted for on the floor. Now, the way they go about doing that is uh, it has to be uh, a lawmaker who was on the prevailing side or absent. So anybody who voted against the bill yesterday can call for a reconsideration today, or anybody who was absent yesterday can call for a reconsideration today. The problem is, and I had heard I had heard rumors that, that it was going to happen, uh, and there was certainly going to be, be people working on it. Uh, as of right now, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, now, the Senate's in session right now as I speak, so... I could be wrong, but as it stands right now, what I'm being told is it's not going to happen. And and that's pretty frustrating. And and the debate on the Sunday opening bill yesterday was pretty zany. I, I don't know if you listeners remember when this bill passed in the state house back in February. It, it failed once and had to be reconsidered there as well. Um, it failed the first time it was brought up, uh, and then it was reconsidered the next day. Uh, and they voted to pass it. And it was narrow. I think it won by a margin of two votes. Uh, in the Senate yesterday, it failed by a margin of three votes, I believe. So I guess that's where we're at. In in the House, I mean, it was a little bit, I, I think I put a headline on it saying that it was like a tent revival. And it was. And certainly the Senate was like that yesterday as well. You, If, if you haven't checked it out yet, I have the video at sayanythingblog.com. You should go watch it. Um, it's a little crazy. I don't know. Did you watch it at all, Natil? I mean, it was it was a little nuts. Um, I heard a bit of the audio on the Mike McFeely show this morning because he had he had chosen a specific chunk to put out. But you're you're right. <laughs> it's, from what I've what I've seen and heard so far, and I'm planning to go back and watch all 40 minutes of this nonsense. Yeah, it it's it's a little ridiculous. So here I, I have some quotes that I can read. This is Senator Dick Dever who. I'm not sure it's fair to call all of it. I mean, there was a lot of people who were who were you know making comments. You know, they're against it, but their reasoning was whatever, not not crazy. Reasonable people can disagree type stuff. So, Senator Dick Dever, though Republican from Bismarck, said some pretty crazy stuff. This is let me read this. He he went off on atheists, which I thought was just it was just bizarre. He said, I quote, atheism is a belief system. Atheists believe there is no God. 
So if it's a belief system, what is their religion? It's called humanism, also known as secular humanism, also known as religious humanism. If you were to Google humanism, you might come to their website where they talk about separation of church and states, their efforts to bring that about. You would also find what they what you what you could call their Bible, Humanist Manifestos one, two, and three. Uh, now listen, I'm I'm an atheist, uh, and I I got to tell you, I have never heard of the Humanist Manifestos one, two, and three. Now I don't exactly like go to the atheist meetings. Um, to me, it's a very personal thing. I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't belong to like atheist groups, so I don't know. But my impression, I, I know a lot of atheists over the years. I have spoken about it publicly, written about it publicly a little bit. It's kind of a private thing for me. I don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but I do at times. It comes up. And other people uh, in, in the state, including some whose names might surprise you, have reached out to me and, and talked about being atheists as well. So the idea that, that atheists are this monolithic group of people who all believe the same thing and are working together to advance some sort of an agenda is the stuff of conspiracy land. I mean, it's real conspiracy theory type stuff. He continues. Uh, this is again, Senator Dick Dever, Republican from, from Bismarck. Uh, he says, uh, Mr. President, we don't teach evolution in school because it's settled silence. We science, we teach evolution in school because it's not creation. Now, why is that important? Well, it's about control. And, and then he goes on and, and starts talking about this, how, how teachers are using classrooms instead of pulpits to advance secular humanism. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. He even went, listen to this. I quote, again, Senator Dick Dever, Republican Bismarck, when an atheist goes to court to take God out of the pledge, to take God out of the classroom, to take God out of the Boy Scouts, they are using the government as a tool to advance their faith in violation of the First Amendment Establishment Clause. So essentially what he's saying is because the athe atheism is an absence of theology, right, atheism, that that in essence is the atheist belief system, and we are imposing our belief system on others when we try to drive religion out of the public square. Now, I, I say we. I am not an atheist who believes in removing the practice of religious expression from the, the from the public square. Uh, I am for allowing everybody to express their religion. I don't have a problem with religious displays in public buildings uh, as long as we have the same sort of access for everybody. I am not against you know religion in school making accommodations so that Christians or Muslims or Jews or Hindus or whoever can go pray. Uh, the only thing that is, I just, I don't ever want to see that stuff imposed on other people. That's my position as an atheist. And I actually spend a lot of time defending religious freedom, including from other atheists. Uh, I, I am very much, uh, in, 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 instead of being an exclusive person where, you know, separation of church and state means we've got to drive religion out of the public square, I am very inclusive, meaning religious freedom means you invite everybody in. Everybody gets to, to exercise their, their, religion or what have you so that's that's where i'm at it so so for senator dever to sort of paint all atheists as this monolithic group of people who are out to impose secularism and destroy the family which is another thing that he suggested is just ridiculous and and frankly insulting to somebody who is a conservative and a republican and an atheist uh, it's it's silly and 
you know, it's unfortunate. And, and, and again, it, it's completely backwards because he's going off on this rant about how atheists and secular humanists are out to impose their will, impose their point of view of the world on everybody else. But yet that's kind of what the Sunday closing law does. Right. I mean, the Sunday clothing law is, is uh, clothing law. Sunday closing law is born of the, you know, sort of Christian recognition of the Sabbath. And not everybody recognizes the Sabbath on Sunday, but Christians view Sunday as the Sabbath. And so, you know, the idea is we're not going to be open before noon because that's when people should be going to church. And it's. So, I mean, what about those of us who don't want to go to church? What about those of us who don't recognize Sunday as the Sabbath? Forcing businesses to be closed on Sunday is the government foisting religion on everybody else, full, full stop. Now there are people out there who make the argument, and, and this is a this is a more secular argument, and and frankly one that that comes a lot from from the left that I see, the the argument that well you know we ought to let workers have a, a time when they know they're not going to work, which you know you hear that a lot, um, the Black Friday thing right that's been a big thing the labor unions have been pushing that where you know we want to make sure we're closed and not open on shop for shopping on Thanksgiving or what have you. And you know again, I, I think that should be up to the business owners. Um, and a lot of people, I mean when we say, well, you know we want people to be able to stay at home, you got to remember a lot of businesses are open. Gas stations are open Sunday mornings. Gas stations, which by the way, sell a lot of the things retail stores sell these days. Restaurants are open Sunday mornings. Hospitals are open Sunday mornings. Cops, firefighters, power, uh, the guys working at the power plant, guys and gals working at the power plants, they're working Sundays. So, listen, the government ought to just butt out. That's my two cents. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Tweet me, too, at Rob Port, talking about the Sunday closing law. Now, listen, I have seen, there is there is this trend in punditry, both in America and right here in North Dakota, where people who aren't that smart, who don't spend a lot of time actually following the policy, who don't spend a lot of time digging into what's really going on they wait around and wait for politicians to say something silly and then pounce on it and froth at the mouth and flip out about it and that's that's all they're doing they're cherry picking these little responses and blowing them up so that they'll go viral on facebook that's the world we live in today that's that's the media today it's all about finding stuff that'll go viral on facebook and 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 sort of that that smug self-righteousness and you know, it's 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 sort of the John Stewart, John Oliver, uh, 
I, I, I think even you go far back, like David Letterman, I, I think in a lot of ways was sort of the at, at the root of, of, of a lot of this approach to it. And it used to be just entertainment, and now we treat it like it's, you know, journalism, like it's like it's solid analysis. And it's it's a little bit ridiculous, and most of it's partisan-driven. You'll notice that uh, these people gloss over when people on their side of the aisle say stupid things. But and I, mean, I try to avoid a lot of that. I'm not a big outrage guy. I don't I don't like I don't like to to do clickbait type stuff. I, I, I just I just don't. I, I don't see a lot of value and oh I'm so outraged by this. Uh right? Find something to be outraged about. I, I don't I don't do that. I struggle with that. But yet all that being said, I, I think there are moments when it is right to be truly outraged about something. And I think a lot of the things that were said yesterday on the Senate floor are worth being outraged about. I mean, we, we seem to have a lot of lawmakers. And by the way, this wasn't just Republicans. There were Democrats who were voting for this. In, in fact, some of the most liberal Democrats in the North Dakota Senate voted down this bill, including Fargo's own Senator Tim Mathern. And I don't, I don't know if it's an age gap thing. I don't know if it's just sort of of older lawmakers wanting to. By the way, roughly a quarter of the Democratic caucus voted against repealing the blue laws yesterday. So it wasn't. It was hardly a party line type thing. Um, but it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's just an age thing. We're just, uh, you know, a certain age. They just they, they like it. You know, they think it promotes family or whatever. I, it was interesting to me on the blog last night. I mean, even some of my most liberal readers were out there talking about how they were kind of OK with the blue laws because it they felt like it did actually help the family. They felt like repealing it would have, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, particularly lower skill, lower wage uh, workers would have them, you know, having to go away from their families more often that, that Sunday morning, uh, you know, those retail workers and that wouldn't be able to work those, those mornings anymore. So that's, I don't know. I, I guess I think that's pretty interesting. Um, but I think, I do think it's very much, it's almost, le- I mean, um, there's always a lot of variables that go into an issue like this. I, I almost feel like it's more a generational thing than a partisan thing. I don't know. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Caller, Scott's on the line. What's up? Hey, guys. Say, I agree that the government shouldn't be into the whole regulating stuff, but, you know, what if a person wants Christmas off and their employer says you have to work? Then, then what? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough world. Listen, I mean, even I, I used to work. I used to work retail, so that meant I worked at least every other weekend. If not more, I worked, you know, not right on holidays because retail sales typically close. But around Thanksgiving, I worked Black Friday. Um, you know, that wasn't it wasn't so much fun. I didn't like it. But you know what? I, I changed careers. I did something about it. I had to do it when I was younger and I don't have to do it anymore. Although even with this job, um, when back when the pipeline protests were going on over the holidays and everything, I worked on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I was working, I mean, these days I work almost seven days a week. Um, right. you know, I mean, police officers have to, I, I grew up, my father was a cop. 
Uh, I can't I can't tell you how many holidays he spent away from his family because that was his duty. You know, members of the military are gone. They miss holidays and stuff all the time. I mean, it's it's not a fair world. And, you know, if, if you don't like your work schedule, do something about it. Right. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I don't think you guy can claim any religious thing and get off of a day and, you know, a day at work. It's you know, especially North Dakota being a right to fire state. That, I mean, they're gonna. I got, I got canned one time for going to summer camp for two weeks, and yeah, well, it's. I, I mean, mean, I don't. You know, it was a poor. I had a poor review because you know I told them I don't think you can fire me for going to military training for two weeks, and well, that was just poor performance. And like, well, whatever. Told them to kind of kiss my thing and give them the bird, and we parted ways. But I don't. I don't know. It's just a goofy deal all the way around, I think. But anyway, good show, man. Talk to you Thank later. Thank you. I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for the call. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Just getting a report. Uh, does it sound like the Senate has taken up the reconsideration of the Sunday bill yet? Um, and, and typically, if, if a bill is going to be reconsidered, it happens at the beginning of a floor session. So, uh I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen at this point. I don't, I don't think it's coming back. I would also like to note that employers with 15 or more employees in the state of North Dakota um, must make reasonable accommodations for yep. employees' religious observations. Yep, that's right. Um, according to Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So in well, this that's case, actually that's actually state law, too. Yeah, there we do have that in state law as well. So if... For some reason, you know, Christmas fell on a Sunday and a business was going to be open, which I don't think very many businesses are open on Christmas Day as it is. An employee could request religious time off for that and be granted that because that doesn't have that's separate from the issue of being open on a Sunday. So here, here's the thing, too. Everybody glosses over because everybody's quick to say, oh, it's it's the big corporate guys out for a buck or whatever. We, you know why they want to open? on black friday or open on sunday or whatever because people want to shop people want to patronize these businesses exactly and and most i mean it's so it's 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 they're reacting to us right i mean we we blame them but i mean if nobody wanted to shop sunday morning the businesses wouldn't open and most businesses also have um or not businesses most churches have multiple religious observations now like you can you can go to church on a sunday at 1130 you can go to church on a sunday at two you can go to church on a sunday at seven in the morning yeah that's not true of all churches or all community especially smaller communities i guess but again nobody's forcing those smaller communities to be open on those sundays right right well and and the thing is is this wouldn't this wouldn't force anybody to be open on sunday you still wouldn't have to open on sunday hobby lobby doesn't open on sunday at all that's that's a decision that they made as a business they don't open on sundays and Hobby Lobby seems to be doing okay, uh, so I don't I don't know this idea that you know it's it's not forcing anybody. It's just allowing businesses to make the choice. That's all it is, and I don't see what the big deal is. We're gonna have Brandon Menwald on the program. He was uh, he was a big proponent of ending the blue laws, and he has been telling me that if 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 the Senate doesn't reconsider, if the legislature doesn't pass this, he's gonna put it on the statewide ballot. So we'll talk with him about that in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is the Rob Report. Don't go away.
Welcome back, Rob Port. Here on WDAY, this is the Rob Report, 701-293-9000, Should be joined by my guest, Brandon Medenwald, here in a moment. Uh, he is uh, saying uh, that um, if, if, if it doesn't, he, he was a big proponent of this. Of this. Uh, he had the Sunday opening group, uh, and he uh, he was saying if the legislature didn't act on this, he's going to push it to an initiative measure. We should have him on in just a moment. And I also can tell you, the uh, the Senate has adjourned for the day, and they did not reconsider the bill. So the rules are that anybody who is on the prevailing side of a vote or anybody who is absent for the vote can call for a reconsideration, but they must do the reconsideration within one legislative day. So that's it. It didn't happen, and uh, the issue's done. The issue's done. So... Uh, I guess unless I, it, you, you never know, it all always could get hog housed into another bill later on. That seems unlikely, but for now at least, the issue's done. My guest, Brandon Menenwald, uh, Fargo businessman, and uh, Brandon, welcome to the program. Looks like uh, the shot at reconsideration is uh, is a done deal. Yes, I just uh, see uh, witness that live that they have adjourned. So unless they call back a session today, which would be highly irregular, then yes, I believe this. Senate bill or the House Bill 1163 is officially dead. So if they were if they were going to do it, they would have done it in this session, I believe. I mean, I, I I guess if they call a second floor session, which I don't believe is on the calendar, uh, they could do it later today. But I don't think that's going to happen, and it, it could always get amended into another bill, I guess. But that seems unlikely too. So the issue's dead. Where do you go from here? Well, what's next is the thing that uh, we were hoping we weren't going to have to do. But I, uh, after the uh, vote, um, the first vote on 1163 in the House, where we failed before reconsideration, uh, we had already decided that it was worth uh, going all the way to the ballot. And now that 1163 is officially dead, then this is exactly what we'll be doing. So we will be getting a hold of the uh, 20 or so odd co-sponsors, and we will take this to the uh, state level, and we will have a petition, and we will gather the signatures. And I'm very confident that we're obtaining the signatures we'll need will be um, will not be very difficult. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think there's going to be plenty of people out there uh, who would be willing to sign on to at least put the question on the ballot. Um, so that should be... Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be too hard. Tell us about your coalition. I mean, who else, uh, as, as you get organized here, who else is going to be backing this? Well, um, from the uh, testimony, uh, there is actually quite a lot of uh, support from the various chambers of commerce across the state. The Fargo, as well as Grand Forks, as well as the State Chamber of Commerce, all supported this bill. Uh, we also had support from uh, most of the malls in the state, West Acres, uh, the Columbia Mall, the malls in uh, Minot, as well as Bismarck, were all in favor. Uh, so was the... Um, uh, the business of uh, the Greater oh Greater Great Plains business something uh, I'm going to forget. Anyways, uh, they were also in favor as well. So even the North Dakota Retail Association, which has historically been against repealing the Sunday Blue laws, just because their membership had demanded that they be against it, this year they officially were neutral. And in fact, they asked the uh, they asked the Industry Business and Labor Committee in the House. Um, specifically to just rule and take this question out of their hands because their membership over the years has been changing. Younger store owners are now running retail establishments, and their attitudes are different than the old guard. So I I imagine that they will be supporting this as well. Why do you think the bill failed in the Senate? Well, I was was probably one of the last uh, of the the pessimists that were always a little pessimistic that this was going to pass the Senate. I know a lot of people 
we're more optimistic because the Senate tends to be a little bit more, I don't know if I want to say uh, cautious or liberal, but they tend to they tend to vote a little bit more in this direction. But but at the same time, I think that this failed for the same exact reason it almost failed in the House. We have a lot of members, a lot of senators, as well as representatives who are just dead set against this for no other reason than just whatever they bring into the chamber with them. Um, the testimony that was had at the committees, both at the House and Senate level, I was there for both. And in both of those, there was almost no opposition to this bill. In fact, only one person, Christopher Dodson from the Catholic, from the, um, oh, excuse me, uh, Christopher Dodson from the uh, North Dakota Catholic Conference, was the only opposing view in any of the committees. And even he did not oppose it on religious grounds. He only opposed it based on the his his notion that uh, that we need more community time in North Dakota. So um, I, so I think that this uh, when you hear the floor debate, it's very obvious that there is some religion going on um, that is prohibiting some people from voting from this. Um, I, that's not me. That's floor speeches. <laughs> um, and then I think that other people are just they have a bit of an old fashioned notion that it's very difficult to to unwrap, no matter how hard we try. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, what do you, I have, I don't know that the religious argument, if, if this goes to a statewide debate uh, through an initiated measure, that the religious argument against it would, would carry the day. I just don't know that, that there are enough people who feel strongly enough about it uh, to, to, to oppose it on those grounds. But we have had a debate in this country that is not religious and we've seen it pushed you know by for instance labor unions that you know about Mm -hmm. being open on like black friday uh or being open on you know for for sales on thanksgiving or whatever and i i do see the potential for some opposition coming from that quarter for people who are sort of making an argument on behalf of the, the the retail workers who would have to work that day that you know they want a time of the week where they just know they're not gonna work um now obviously that's not i mean there's a lot of businesses that are open sunday morning it's just a certain class of business that's not open sunday morning but do you potentially see pushback from from that group well that's a great question that that argument has been made a few times i agree with you by the way rob entirely 100 percent that the religious argument or any religious argument for repealing the sunday closing law is a non-sell in fact if you look at my speeches in front of uh, which are public record now in front of either committee you'll notice that the word religion's never mentioned, not even once. I don't mention it because I don't honestly believe, even though that even though the floor speeches would suggest people are voting otherwise, I don't believe this is a religious issue. I believe that it's an issue of, of what the government should and should not be imposing upon private businesses. So I believe that it's not the state's responsibility to pick and choose certain businesses that can be open and certain businesses that cannot be open, like you suggest. Most businesses, or many businesses, are allowed to be open, grocery stores, hospitals, gas stations. And in these businesses, we are also having violations of this Sunday closing law almost every morning. Uh, Hornbachers, as an example, I love Hornbachers, but when I go in there, I can buy kitchen utensils and kitchenware. That is specifically prohibited by this law, but yet you can do it because they're not going to restock their shelves every day to be open for 12 hours, so it just happens, and people don't really care. But that's not necessarily a fair fight for the business that might be selling kitchenware like mint basil downtown or the store in the mall or any other place for that matter well, even, uh, even you look at you get like you look I'm at like sorry. gas stations i mean most gas stations have like a retail store i mean it's not just candy bars and soda anymore i mean they're selling everything like you know some of the bigger ones they got like camping supplies and 
you know, mm-hmm. appliances and all. I mean, they got all sorts of weird stuff in there, which, you know, fine. That's great. I mean, that's great for their business. I, mm-hmm. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, but they're allowed to be open Sunday mornings. No, you're absolutely right. They are allowed to sell those things in strict violation of this law, but they're allowed to be open because of the type of class of business they are. And so you can see if you read the re- the regulation, the Sunday closing law, of course, has over 39 exceptions carved out in it because over the course of the last 120 years that this law has been on the books, the state has tried and tried and tried again to try to carve away at it to try to make it make more sense or to try to get rid of these weird edge cases. And in fact, the last time the state did this, it was only last biennium in 2015, they, they passed the so-called brunch bill, which of course allowed bars to sell alcohol at 11 a.m. instead of noon, which is now law. And that bill was raised because of course, bar owners on this side of the river had a really hard time seating that business to sports bars on the other side of the river during Sunday football. And so if they are at a disadvantage that required that law to be changed, then why isn't Fleet Farm at a disadvantage or Home Depot at a disadvantage? Because Bernard's could be open three, four hours earlier on Sunday morning. It's the exact same problem, just in a different industry. It is. And it's frustrating, you know, and especially because, again, We've carved out so many holes in this. I don't even know what we're clinging to at this point. I mean, if it, they might have a stronger argument if we hadn't spent so much time carving all this out. Now, I would still be against it because I don't think the government ought to tell businesses when they can and can't be open. But we've carved so many holes in this. It's it's like we're we're defending this last little moldy piece of Swiss cheese that's still in the fridge, and and it might be time just to to toss it out. Uh, tell us a little bit, I mean, in, in terms of, of organizing this and the initiated measure going forward, as people are looking for information, if they want to get involved or they just want to follow what you're doing, uh, where do they go? Uh, you know, what's, where, I, I know you're in the early stages here, but, you know, where, where can people Certainly. watch for more information? Certainly. We have a website already up. It's called ndopenonsundays.com. We also have pages on both Twitter and Facebook. That's where we're going to do the bulk of our organizing. A lot of it will happen on Facebook. That tends to be where most people like to congregate these days online. So we're going to be doing that where we're going to be posting announcements. We'll obviously have one tonight where we're going to say what we're going to be planning to do next. And then after that, it'll be getting involved. And we could use all the help we could get. Obviously, uh, gathering 18,000-plus signatures over the next several months is going, to be a, uh, is going to be a challenge. And all the help that we could get, it'll all be very, very appreciated. Well, Brandon, I hope you'll keep us in the loop on it. Certainly keep me in the loop on it. We'll have you on again uh, as the process goes forward. Because, I listen, I don't like the initiated measure process. I don't think it's a good way to make policy. But clearly the legislature had their chance on this. They voted down the bill. Um, you know, and initiated measures are allowed under the law. So I guess we're going to go forward with this. And I think the law to change. I really do. Brandon, thanks for the time. Yeah, Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me today. Thank you. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll wrap the show up after this. Don't go away. You know, I hate initiated measures. I really do. But I, I what, what I hate about them is that the legislature, I think the legislative process is the best way to make public policy. 
I, I don't think a lot of times you put an issue on the statewide ballot. You know, we look, we saw with the medicinal marijuana measure, we, we passed an initiative that was supposed to legalize medical marijuana and didn't actually do that, and nobody caught it, you know, which sort of speaks to how closely people are reading these things. That sort of stuff is, is avoided in the legislature because it's a much more arduous process. But let me add an addendum to my hostility to the initiated measure process is a very, very stupid way to make public policy. I would be okay with with limiting limiting the initiated measure process to proposals that have been rejected by the legislature, which is to say that we have the referendum process where if the legislature passes a law we don't like, we can refer it to the ballot and defeat it. Or if the legislature fails to pass a bill that a lot of people like, then the people could take up that bill, put it on the ballot with the requisite number of signatures or whatever, uh, and then vote on it and potentially pass it. That, to me, is the right way to run the, the, the measure process. I, I like that a lot better than any Yahoo could come in, write a law, put it on the ballot, and if they get enough votes, now it's the law of the land. Um, that, to me, is, is, is more problematic. I, I like the idea, if, if the legislature is not going to act, then we act, but... In this instance, you have a bill, it didn't pass, repeals the blue laws, now they're going to put it on the ballot. I'm okay with that. I think that's I think that's the right way to do it. They tried at the legislature, the legislature failed. These folks don't think the legislature is representing the majority of the people. Now, if, if this goes to a statewide vote, though, I think it's going to be a lot closer than, than maybe people realize. I, I don't think we should take anything to granted for this because there are two constituencies I see opposing this, and... One is going to be the, the the religious folks who don't like it on religious grounds. But then you also have the, the people who are sympathizing with the workers who think that it's, you know, they're, they're going to be coming from the point of view of, I don't want to work Sunday morning or I don't want my brother or my kid or whoever to work Sunday morning, so I'm going to oppose this. Those are two, I, I think, maybe they overlap to some degree, but those are two different constituencies and they could combine to defeat something like this. going to be interesting to see what happens, though. A little bit of news broke there. The Sunday opening law. Probably going to be on the statewide ballot 2018. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Oh.